I'm Trent Alexander-Arnold. I'm Curtis Jones. I am Cody Gagbo. Putting on the Liverpool top for the first time, it was a dream come true and I'll never forget that moment. Pre-order the new LFC 24-25 season Nike home kit now. You can pre-order it today for delivery from the 16th of May at your official LFC stores. Online at liverpoolfc.com forward slash store and on the official LFC store app. You will never walk alone. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast, broadcasting to you from my study in my house in a field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Denny and I am joined by Cam Branch and Guy Drinkle for this latest episode. Uh, the usual thing is to welcome everybody. I just want to say at the outset, we're missing uh, Lisa Marie this week, who has had a family bereavement, so our thoughts go to her. Um, but we want to get cracking and get into the show and give people a bit of distraction because, let's face it, we could all do with it. Um, I don't know what things are like um, your neck of the woods, lads. I do have a fair idea because I'm watching listening to the news occasionally uh, when I can face it um, but over here in Ireland uh, we've gone beyond the clown world with our new rules and regulations uh, around the whole uh, unmentionable so we could all do with a bit of a laugh so to that end what I thought I'd do is start off with a little uh, piece of Billy Connolly uh, who's just going to tell you a story and as usual with Billy Connolly, you could just kind of listen to him for ages talking about whatever. Um, but of course, with Billy Connolly as well, you're always liable to get a good old fashioned fart gag. And that's what this is. So this is Billy Connolly on a plane to Australia. Listen, enjoy. And I'll come out the far end of it talking to Cam and the guy. I was on a plane going to Australia once and we stopped at Singapore. And a, and a man got on and sat beside me. I will never forget this as long as I live. He sat, I was in the aisle, and he, it was in first class, there was only two seats. He sat there, and he knew me from, he'd seen me someplace before. I didn't really kind of guess I am. How are you doing? Yeah, fine. But he said, I'm just in from Hong Kong. I said, oh, really? He said, I've just flown Cathay Pacific. Have you ever flown with them before? No, I haven't. I often intended to. Fucking brilliant. Really? Absolutely. Fast, fast. I said, that's nice. The food was unbelievable. Really? Yes. What did you have? He said, on the flight, he told me, barbecued goose with soya sauce, ginger, and spring onions. He said, it was fucking brilliant. I'm glad to hear it. Whereupon he went to sleep and he curled up in a ball <laughs> like a squirrel. 
And we took off, whoosh, into the night, through the clouds, huddled up into the sky, whoosh, and we settled down. And we're trundling along, and this man farted. <laughs> I will never forget it. As long as I live, not only was it the worst part, it was the longest. <laughs> Maybe it was the position he was in, he squeezed his ass But he was kind of leaning over and his ass was pointing up towards me. <laughs> and, it, and it made the strangest noise. It was like cloth tearing. Did you ever see a movie with Errol Flynn? He was a pirate and he had a knife in his teeth and he dived from one the mast of a big sailing ship. He dived with this coil. He wasn't one for diving with But he, he took a lunge at this other's billowing sail and he just he stuck his knife in it to stop himself and it sort of slid down the sail with the knife. That noise <laughs> is the exact noise his fart made. It was a kind of tortured noise. It was a kind of. Sounded like you enjoyed that. How are you doing, my friend? Yeah, that's my that's my sense of humor. Definitely. Can I tell you? Yeah, I'm doing good, thanks, Trevor. How, how are you, by the way? You okay? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Look, look good, good. you know yourself. You got, you, we've spoken about this before. Some that sometimes you have a week or a fortnight or indeed a month or a year with your family, and you're just like, holy shit, give us a break. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been I've been in the middle of one of those, but you know, you just you just keep that. Uh, Keep on trucking, brother. Uh, so you were going to say, sorry to cut across. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm talking of farts, and I'm, I'm just going to give you a quick little fart story. 
uh, from when I was a kid. It suddenly just popped into my mind looking at that. Then I've got a question for you both afterwards. So the okay. last story was, um, I, I must have been about seven or eight years old. Yeah, complete youngster. And we were around a friend's house, me, my mum, uh, I think my sister was with us and, um, uh, we were messing about with the, with the kids, you know, similar age to myself. And one of the lads had, had been a bit naughty or something. So his mum grabbed hold of him, put him over her knee, and as she went to spank his backside, no. as she spanked it, he farted it at the exact same time. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> you know, that's enough, a room full of adults and kids as well. And it was just <laughs> the most funniest, most shit you've ever seen. Yeah, I can, I, I, I'd imagine it confused the, uh, the tension somewhat. Some <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it was amazing. Yeah, but, right, I've got a question for you both. And funny enough, um, it's, uh, something that Mr. Connolly just said as well. So um, oh. I want to know from yourself uh, and Guy, what is your favourite smell? Oh, oh, this is good. This is good. And you're <laughs> going to love mine. Uh, yeah, we'll let you finish. We'll let you yeah. finish. Uh, 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 Guy, you okay if I go first? Yeah, you I'm go kinda... first, you're good. I've I've got a definite one, really. I suppose there's lots that I like, but I, I don't know what happened. But twenty twenty one, I got some sort of um, I thought it was hay fever at first, and it kind of is, and it's just a year long, year round thing, and it's really impaired my sense of smell tremendously. So there are only certain things that I can't actually really, really, really notice, uh, and coffee's one of them, and I kind of associate mm-hmm. that. That, so to me, I'd say it's hard to beat that because it's something I look forward to on a daily basis. So yeah, I'm gonna go coffee. Guy, what would you say? Well, you kind of stole mine because mine's tea. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. The smell of tea. Do you, you mean like tea leaves? Tea bags. Or... Do you know what? Everyone's like. Some people might just keep them in like the box tea comes in, but most people have like a container or a tube or whatever where they keep sugar, yeah, tea, tea and coffee or whatever. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The smell of that caddy is fucking glorious. I, you know what, I've never... That's what I'm going to have to go down and have a go, sniff. Now. Right, let's, say, let's take a pod break and you go sniff some tea. <laughs> go sniff the tea caddy, yeah. everybody. Uh, okay, I love that. So basically, it's the same reason as me, is it? You're like, you love a copper, do you? I, I'm, not, not every, I'm not an everyday tea drinker, but you know, like, I'll get up and walk the dog usually, but then I'm just like, because it's fucking freezing where I live, because it's right on the coast. Just on, right. like, on the way home, you're like a street away, and then you're just like, I fancy a cup of tea. That that's yeah. where it's weird. It's not an everyday thing for me. Like it is with okay, so you, it's 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 like a little kind of you you associate it with maybe warming yourself yeah. up, having a cozy wake, moment. Wake the fuck up, moment. <laughs> right, right, right. I see. I'm I'm in trouble here because I have umpteen cups of tea every evening, and I if it was if I was left sort of to my own devices with my brain not working, I'd probably just be drinking coffee all that time as well. I know it's not good for me, but, uh, so yeah, I, I, I'd i be quite the opposite. Cam, you, you're, you're a tea drinker, aren't you? No, I'm a coffee man. Um, I was converted in India, the land of tea, to coffee. Oh, of course you were. You, yes. you, you massive contrarian, of course you yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, so now you're, are you exclusively coffee? Would you not yeah, like have to I, I cannot drink tea anymore. 
I think in the last 15, 20 years, I've probably had about four or five cups of tea. Okay, so is this, is, is, is this just an Irish thing, lads, where you, you come in from work in the evening and basically the kettle is on the go until you go to bed? Because that's like I have four or five cups of tea in the evening. Is that like is that like an Irish thing, or can you relate to that either? If you know, no, I, wow, okay. not me personally, but my mum and grandparents love a love a tea like that. So they they be they be yeah. like that to be kind of back. Yeah, back. yeah. okay, okay. Like it's better. a like they'll they'll drink tea rather than like water and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> it's water essentially. It, it is. It's 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 mostly water. It's, it's yeah. spicy water, it's like wine and. Like, every yeah. every other drink's just spicy water. Let's be honest. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> what's no, yours? What's the one you were going to choose, Cam? Yeah, I mean, I I can relate to you, Trev, in the in the coffee because I every morning, like five o'clock in the morning, when I'm leaving for work, um, you know, I make my uh, latte with my mocha pot and my milk proffer and everything. So I'm, I'm quite I do I do love the smell of coffee. Uh, but mine is uh, something that's really odd, actually. I love the smell of freshly laid tarmac. Oh, you know Ooh. what? Actually, I can actually relate to that one. Mm, same. Yeah, I can relate to that one. I don't know why it is. It's just an odd smell that just seems to lift and invigorate you for some bizarre reason. I mean, I know some people, some of our listeners will be saying freshly mown grass, for example. Yeah, but all, yeah, of course. And there are all those wonderful ones. And yeah. I live in the country, so I could have said a million ones. But I know exactly what you're talking about. And Guy seems to as well. I mean, yeah, what yeah. is that, lads? That's really weird. It's the it? same as petrol, though. You don't get the other uh, way for petrol. You're like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're going a bit too close to the glue there, Guy. <laughs> well, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, there was a glue that we used to use in primary school. For art, no, not Bostic, no, not the that Bostic used to come in like the purple, pink, purple tubes in it. Tubes, yeah. No, yeah. this stuff was like a liquid, and it was kind of a, a white color. I think we oh, call it yeah. coffee decks. I yeah. think we call it. Um, and it it's had like this PVC glue or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. A liquid, a liquid glue. glue, and it had you know exactly you, you use it for kids for art. And the thing about it was it was safe. So because well, safe-ish, I say in the vertical commas, it's probably turned out to be massively carcinogenic or something. <laughs> but it would it would dry out, and you could roll it in your fingers, and it turn into little rubber balls. So it, you know it was it wasn't gonna you know do much damage for for nippers using it. But I love the smell of copy decks. Maybe I just associated with Art Day. Who doesn't well, love a bit that. of solvent? It's a bit of solvent <laughs> abuse, it's fine. It's exactly, it's that's grand. what solvent's there for, for <laughs> sniffing. I mean, today I was sniffing the, um, I've got the American Sense uh, in the car, in the van. It's an air freshener, it's like in a, a, a little can, and you just, uh, it's got these like free, I don't know how to describe them, um, it's got three sticks of sticks in there that like woolly stuff or something that are right. quite compressed and and they just emit the odor and obviously this this one that I, I was sniffing today like an addict driving down the roadway <laughs> obviously the, uh, the the smell is is not doing anything in the van anymore so I need to get a new one and I just sort of put it to my nose and I thought oh man that's that's pretty awesome I quite enjoyed this smell and I just drove for about ten minutes with this thing literally stuck to my nose. 
anybody overtaken me would have thought, what in the hell is that guy? What's he doing? <laughs> I think if I was like you and I had a work vehicle, um, and I was in it for a long time, I'd be looking at like, not, not quite aromatherapy stuff, but I'd be looking at something like that to Can't have on the go. Incense. That's what you need. Incense burning, yeah, candles. Thing. Probably yeah. not. Probably not, but <laughs> you can work it out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Guys, guys, you've hit on something here. Let's get the pattern going. I'll ring, <laughs> I'll ring Yankee Candle. New car smell. <laughs> yeah, car safe candles, I think, yeah. might be a switch, but you know. We we can we can we can we can look into it, uh, guy. I'm assuming you've got something for us as well, man. And I'm assuming it's on your usual topic, is it? Who loves cinema? I love cinema. Have either of you watched Starship Troopers? Oh, fantastic! No. Give me a review of Starship Troopers. How fantastic. about how about a review of Starship Troopers the sequel? Oh. <laughs> Better again. Is there, tell me something. Is there anything that I should know about Starship Troopers, the sequel? Is there any of the original crew in it, or is it the same Se- thing? Seemingly not. I mean, I've not. I've, I've watched a bit. Well, the, the reason I did Starship Troopers, because I was wondering how many films there were. Do you want, how, how many Starship Trooper films do you think there are, Trev? Uh, I, I, I honestly, I've only. I, I did see the first one, and it is, you know. It's a cool trashy and all that. Yeah. yeah, it's trashy, but it's a bit of you know, it's mindless nonsense and fun. I wasn't aware there was any more than one sequel though. There's five Starship Trooper films. Holy right. shit! I was going to say seventeen, but I'll get Give it, <laughs> give it time, Cam. <laughs> have you have you seen any of these, Cam? No. Oh mm-hmm. mate, You're the first one, the first one will not hold. It didn't hold up by ninety standards. Now it'd be dreadful, but you got to watch it. Wait, actually, yeah. let me just Google it in case I have watched it. It doesn't it, ring a bell. I'd be amazed. I'd Starship be amazed. Starship Troopers, 1997. Yeah. It's, it was it's, who, it's Bugs in Space. Bugs in oh, Space. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I've seen this. Exactly. Uh, Everyone's seen Starship was, Troopers. Who was, the, who was the, 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 the famous actress? Oh, God. Was it Denise Richards? Was, that, was it Denise, Denise Richards? Yeah, yeah. So the Bond girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just looking at the, the cast there. Oh, Neil there Patrick's go. in it as well. From... Uh, how I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Oh, Jake, yeah, yeah. Jake, Jake Busey was in it in like every film in the in the nineties. Wow, wow, yeah, yeah. So, in it, yeah. So let's let's get to this review, yeah. man. Which so, one, by the way? Is the second no, number one two. Number the... two. I'm, I, I do not badmouth classic films such as Starship Troopers number one. But okay. sorry, Starship sorry. Troopers number two, the worst reviewed one, got three point six on IMDb. Okay. I I believe the third one got back up to the five, so doing work and then the other two are animated just if you're interested i have seen bits of three i haven't seen number two but i have some i have a quote for you lieutenant okay. pavlov dill which is classic name work that's I'll fantastic yeah. pavlov dill i love yeah. it right i'll see you hanged captain dax mm. which is pure video game name are you there mm, love it. just so just so long as it's regulation rope now that is a zinger that's a zinger Ooh. right there. Oh, he's come right back at it. He has. He? <laughs> he has. <laughs> he's, a, he's a military man to the end, that one. Pavlov thought he had him, but no, Dax was more than equal he to him. He basically just got an Uno face. reverse card out and just went, have that, you space prick. 
I would personally have preferred it if uh, Dax had said, no, you're ma. But, you know, I would, I would settle for, I would settle for his, his uh, rope-based retort. That is fantastic Would you stuff. like me to read the storyline? Because it does finish on a cliffhanger. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. <clears throat> storyline. We are sent back to the battlefield as the Federation's best mobile infantry unit are slowly being overpowered by the killer bugs. They are light years away from the nearest reinforcements and are trapped on a remote outpost. They set up protection around the post, keeping all the bugs waiting for them to leave. But now the enemy is in the outpost in a way which they never thought of. The bastards. Absolute bastard insects. You just can't. You, you couldn't be up to those bugs. You couldn't. I'll tell you that. <laughs> those sneaky bastards get in everywhere. <laughs> bastard bugs just get in everywhere that's a fact i love it i love it that's actually that's that's tremendously entertaining uh now i have uh before we proceed further i have an option for you and i will absolutely be ruled uh by you completely on this lads um because uh, the last time we did one of these it let's just say it created some debate uh and i have a potential quiz would you be interested in a potential quiz? I'm always um, ready for a quiz. Are you? I mean, I do feel free to say, nah, nah, it's okay. But the, the quiz, I'm, Cam, I'll let you, guys up for it, I'll let you make the call, brother. You can you can <laughs> say yeah or nay. It is, just to be clear, not exactly my favourite publication, but it is the Guardian's Premier League 2020-2021 review, the big quiz of the season. So it was oh, uh, May 26th this was published. A review, a quiz, which is basically a review of the season. And there are 15 questions in it. And I'll go one, 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 one. And we'll give, give you seven each. And then if I need a tiebreaker at the end, I've got I've got it. But we're going to need to maintain the score as we go here. And you're going to have to help me with that. So what do you reckon? Are we up for this? Go for it. I'll type the scores in the chat. Nice one. Right. Cam Branch, you are up first. Excellent. Just what I wanted. No. I know you did. Manchester City won the title by twelve points. I hate to hate that this is this is painful. Where were they in the table on Christmas Day? Were they fourth, sixth, eighth, or tenth? So they won the title by twelve points, but at Christmas Day, this at that stage of the season, were Manchester City fourth, sixth, eighth, or tenth? Well, I know we were top, weren't we, I think. So, um, I think we were top on Christmas Day. The, the initial number that came in my head before you, uh, gave any choices were fourth. So I'm okay. going to stick, I'm going to stick with that. You were going to go fourth. Yeah. The bad news is that we have six. a chance for, for guy to go. It's actually eighth. No. Um, they were even below Everton, it wow. says. Which has an incredible burn by the Guardian on the yeah. Blues for Plato. Uh, but they won 15 on the bounce after that. So that was the end of that. Uh, Guy, you're going to be very, very glad to know that your question is this one because um, Cam was uh, spilling truths. Which club was four points clear at the top of the table on Christmas Day? Was it United <laughs> City? <laughs> Was it Liverpool oh, by yeah. any chance? I'm just, I'm just putting the score in the chat. Yeah. There you go. So, so. <laughs> to be fair, okay. I knew I knew that anyway, so he didn't spill it all. 
but yeah. Okay, so that round we've got uh, guys one up. Um, next round. Cam, how many matches did Sheffield United play this season before they even won one? Was it 11, 14, 17, or 21? So how many games did Sheffield United play before they won a game? Was it 11, 14, 17, 21? 21. Oh, 17, brother. Damn, I was going to say that as well. 17. Guy, which two clubs played with the same sponsor on the front of their shirts? Was it Brighton and Burnley? Aston Villa. Villa. Oh, or Kazu, whatever it's called. It's a, it's a, it's a brave and a brave answer, and you're straight in. And God, drink us two up, Cam, Cam. Yes, yes, yes. Pressure's on now, but you'll be glad to know that it's a Harry Kane question, so you're gonna rally right. (laughs) (laughs) Harry Kane finished with more goals and more assists than any other player in the league. Who was the last player to achieve this double? Was it? Shearer, Henri, York, or Cole? Alan Shearer, Thierry Henry, Dwight York, Andy Cole. Um, York was well, not prolific, but he's a good goal. Uh, he was good for assists. Cole was a good goal scorer, but I don't think he was great with assists. Shearer was predominantly a goal scorer. Henry, Henry probably had more of an all round game. So, with my useless logic, I'm going to go Thierry Henry. That's exactly how I'd have worked it out as well. And we'd both have been wrong. It was Andy Cole. Bloody hell, Nora. Yeah. Gordon Bennett. (laughs) 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 You know what? Andy Cole was this paper boy at my cousin's shop in Nottingham. And my cousin used to say he he may have been a good footballer. And, you know, they said he was useless with his left left foot, whatever. But he, he said he was a useless paper boy as well. He had two left hands. So, well, there you go. That, that'll, that'll teach Andy Cole for making you get the question wrong. Apparently, 34 goals and 13 assists for wow. Newcastle in 1993 He'd just been oh, promoted. Right, yeah. And he off to Nightclub. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, question. next question is for you, Guy, to stretch the lead or keep it the same. Which team's top goal scorer only scored penalties? Which team's top goal scorer only scored penalties? Was it United, Chelsea, Sheffield United, or Newcastle United? I think it was Chelsea with Jorginho. Chelsea with Jorginho, says Guy Drinkle, and he is correct again. Fuck's sake. This is now now potentially embarrassing. No, it's potentially the next question. This could, we're getting close to an unassailable lead. If if the next round goes the way of the of previous, course, yeah, then that's yeah. that's it. So here we go. Your question, Cam. Which team scored seven goals in one match and then conceded seven in another match? Was it Southampton, Villa, Arsenal, Liverpool? Liverpool. It was Liverpool, says Cam. And Cam is right. Seven two. Uh, the defeat to Villa and 7-0 versus Palace right so it stays alive (laughs) but but I'm 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 worried here because I do believe that this is the one that could seal it for Guy because if he gets four I think that's it who was the only player Guy 
to score four goals in a game this season was it Harry Kane that season 2021 mm-hmm. Harry Kane Patrick Bamford Gareth Bale or Son Young Min hmm I think Bale for some reasons in there guys going for Bale and it is actually it's Son who scored oh. four goals uh, in Tottenham's 5-2 win at Southampton. Oh. Um, but, but of course, uh, Cam's pal Harry Kane was man of the match. Obviously. Despite <laughs> scoring four goals. So now, Cam, that's eight questions gone. And am I right in saying that it is now three, it's still 3-1 to go? Is that three correct? 3-1, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can still finish four each. It can still finish Absolutely. Three. You can, you can easily can level up four, here. Three, three, three. I could lose I'm, seven. I'm just worried. So. I'm just worried you've expended. You've expended all the the uh, comparatively delicate swear words with Gordon Bennett and Laura Batty. Uh, <laughs> I'm really worried what will happen if if you if you get this one wrong. What did Arsenal? What did Arsenal, Leicester City, Manchester United, and Tottenham have in common uh, in that season? Arsenal, Leicester, Man United, and Tottenham had something in common. Was it their away records was were better than their home records? They were the only clubs to have players booked for diving. None of them played a game that kicked off at three on a Saturday. Or they all spent more days at the top of the table than Manchester City. So, all of those four teams, Arsenal, Leicester, Man United, Tottenham, had something in common. Was it that their away records were better than their home? That they were the only clubs to have players booked for diving? That none of them played a game at three on a Saturday, or that they all spent more days at the top than City. The first thought that came in my mind was um, United had a better away record last season. Um, I think it was the best in the league, actually. So, yeah. um, using my useless football knowledge and logic, because obviously I shouldn't be on a football pod, you know, this is blatantly clear right now. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with that. They all have better away records than home records. Well, for the second time, I think I'd have leaned towards that with you, except I might have had a little bit of an eyebrow raised about whether at least two of those clubs would have had a good away record. But would you believe it's the weird one that none of them played a game that kicked off at three or seven? Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone was on TV, wasn't there? That's why. Was it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So... Logic. Uh, logic. <laughs> here's here's a uh, by the way there's a here's a stupid stat. Uh, Ian Acho became made the most of Leicester's unusual kickoff times. It says becoming the first player to score a goal in all seven days of the week in the Premier League season. There's a oh, useless wow. stat for you. Beautiful. Uh, your uh, fifth question, guy. You need this to see win. if if you can uh, win it with this one. Which unusual Premier League record did James Milner have? Ooh, a Liverpool centre question. Which unusual record did uh, Premier League record did James Milner set in that season? Did he get the most yellow cards in Premier League history? The most mm-hmm. own goals in Premier League history? Was he the oldest player to score in a Premier League game? Or did he have the most substitutes appearances uh, as in Premier League history? So most yellow cards. Most own goals, oldest player to score in the Premier League, or the most appearances as a sub. 
It's not own goals, because I'm pretty sure that's still Carragher. Yep. Um, I'm edging towards substitute appearances, because I'm pretty sure Gareth Barry and that were a tad older and they scored. So I'm going to go with substitute appearances. He's gone with sub appearances. Drinkle um, logic. Drinkle logic. Drinkle fucking logic. And he's right. I know. He's right. I know. And what this means is that we can now officially say, because the last one was only a mess, we can now officially say that the reigning quiz champion is Guy Drinkle. Officially. As it should be. Quiz champion Guy Drinkle. As it should be. He's already inherited the downy arrogance, I see, <laughs> as quiz champion. It's tremendous. It goes with the title. Uh, so this is interesting now. We'll have Lisa Marie back in the fold next week to challenge. This is interesting. Fair play. Thanks for uh, the patience and hopefully everybody enjoy that. Who doesn't like a quiz after all? Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast, to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Mulby and Sir Kenny Dalgleish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Now, we should talk some footy, and um, there are a few things I want to get round to. The lads are all at their various international camps. We've had nothing but horror stories, anxiety, Twitter fellas falling off cliffs and being awful sad and freaking out. We had the Andy Robbo limping off injury. My favourite, and by favourite I mean absolutely least favourite story of the week, was around Curtis Jones and his injury update, um, where apparently he'd had this uh, accidental collision in training and got his eye poked. A further diagnosis has confirmed that uh, Curtis Jones will remain out of action for at least a few weeks more as he recovers from the problem which is specific to the eye and not the socket. Dr. Jim Moxon explained, it's a freak injury, very unlucky, but the important thing is to emphasize that there is no lasting damage and his vision won't be impacted beyond the recovery period. However, the nature of the issue means caution is important. We need to allow it to heal. We can't rush it, therefore it won't be a speedy return. It needs to mend before we're able to reintroduce Curtis to full training, but there are things he can do in the meantime. And my favorite part from the doc, we can't put a specific time scale on a return beyond it will be a number of weeks from now as it heals naturally. So there we are. That was my favorite injury story, an innocuous eye poke, which has resulted in um, a player who, let's face it, is incredibly important given our midfield woes, uh, given the stories that we heard about Jordan Henderson, the stories that we've already heard about various other people. Yes, we had Thiago on the way back, but it's not encouraging. What? has been your take on the various injury stories. Uh, Guy, what's jumped out at you? I know you, unlike myself, I, I alluded to it earlier on, I've been um, in the in the, in the the wind, basically, uh, with, with uh, ver- various issues keeping me away from podcasting, but I'm sure you've been doing the daily shows with um, 
Dave, what's the crack in terms of the injury issues as far as you know? What's the latest? Everyone is, well, the press conference is going to be busy because everyone is traveling from South America, unfit, coming back from injury, or was injured weeks ago. That, that's seemingly yes. it. That, that, it's basically, I think Van Dyke's the only one who's not been, why did I say that? Why, why did I say that before? <laughs> I'm editing that out. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Not finishing that sentence. Um, yeah, so everyone's basically been injured at some point. Right, yeah. whether it's the international break or just recently, it, it it's seemingly happening. Um, it, it's a worry. It, it it's a worry because, I mean, it's not just the international break. As I say, it's it kind of started when the first few went. Probably when Thiago got injured, it was probably the first midfield injury, if I remember correctly. But you see, yeah. the, you've you've already seen the knock-on effects of the people in our squad. So Thiago got injured. Um, I can't remember the game, but it was a bit of a dodgy tackle, and he kind of got injured through that. But then that that's had a knock-on effect because Milner got injured being overplayed. He got, he pulled up in United game, didn't he? Then Naby yeah. had to play a lot more, which got him injured in uh, the Brighton game. Henderson's are pulled up, seemingly pulled up in the England game because he's getting overplayed. So it, I'm seeing similar patterns to last year, which is not good. Like the knock-on effect of overplaying people because people are injured. It, it's not something. Isn't I don't see where a how a break's going to fix that because if they're out with hamstring injuries, you're going to have to keep rushing certain ones back because other people will be getting injured from overplaying. I'm just seeing a similar similarly shit cycle to last season centre back issue. So the midfield especially is a worry, but um I mean Mane seems fine. I think he's back in training. Henderson's back in training, so is Milner, so we're at least getting numbers back, but overplaying it's definitely definitely still an issue. Robo seems to be out for a I I won't say a little while, but he seems to be out for a few weeks at least. But you you know a few weeks in Liverpool language turns into months rather quickly. Um so yeah, Robbo's out. He wasn't in the best form, but I'm sure people saw all the knobheads or a few knobheads almost celebrating the injury. I didn't see loads, but you see the odd knobhead. But he wasn't in the greatest form, so maybe it's a nice opportunity for Simicast to play. And it's not really a break coming back from injury, but Robertson could do with a somewhat of a break in terms of not playing. Who well, else? I'm trying to think who else there is. Um, well, I mean, you've, you've covered loads. There. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably I, more. I know, but I, I, I think I think you've raised a couple of really interesting points. I wouldn't mind bringing Cam in on this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 the, the Sadio Mane story, Cam, was the one that like really set the alarm bells off for me because I was like, cry. Well, I knew the midfield was a shit show, and I was fully expecting more of that shit show to continue. We do have bodies over, he said, grasping the wooden table. Uh, in in defence, that's something. But when I heard about Sadio, I thought, oh Christ! Apparently, I think it was um, the the Senegal manager um, Aliou Sissé who was saying that um, he'd had a, a blow to the ribs. Um, but then there was a tweet put out by the official uh, club Twitter account today, which featured Sadio saying time for training. So apparently, Jimmy Pierce has said that he should be available. Um, uh, Jimmy Pierce described in this article as reliable reporter James Pierce has re- reaffirmed that the 29 year old should be available. Um, so that's something. But 
Guy's gone through a few of them there. Henderson now is potentially worry. We know all the rest of them. But the one I wouldn't mind focusing on with you is the one that he raised there last, which is Andy Robbo. And, and, and Guy said, right, there were people who were saying, look, Simicus probably should have gotten his chance um, because Robbo was, let's say, less less than impressive, perhaps, um, on a couple of occasions. And people were saying, look, it's, it might be no harm. And to be fair, Simicus had been excellent and his crossing was a notable feature of, uh, a good feature of, of, of our games when he was present in the team. Um, apparently he's done well again for Greece during the week. Might be no harm, Cam. He's got to start. Um, why, why risk, why risk Robbo? He's not 100% fit. You've got a player there who's uh, more than capable of, of stepping up. Well, stepping in. I guess stepping up. He's already stepped up. He's proved himself previously. He should never have been dropped in the first place. Robert should never have uh, got his place back when Simicus was playing uh, earlier in the season. I've said that before. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Simicus is 100% starting at the weekend. If Robert's not 100% fit, uh, even Klopp has got to see that, you know, um, you just can't keep playing your favourites all the time. I mean, he's, he's not been in the best of form, but he's, he's been, he's been okay. I mean, there's been a few defensive issues where, you know, that have been highlighted, how he's, how he's been dropping two, three yards behind, behind the centre backs. And that, that, that's, that's poor defending on his part. Um, his crossing in the last game, it was just like everything was being pulled back into an area where there was no one, you know, against West Ham. And, um, that was pretty poor to see. Um, I think he got one cross in, uh, and dropped it ahead. I think it was a Robbo who did that cross one. Maybe I'm thinking somebody Yeah, else. it was. He, he did yeah. that nice one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, but if he's just, he's not quite been on it. He's still a phenomenal player. Nobody's saying he's a bad player or, or anything like that, but Simcast deserves to play. He, he, he's done nothing wrong when he's, you know, um, He's not let the club down in any way. He's, he's, he's looked a threat going forward. He's linked up well with, uh, Mane. And, and, and it's usually, it's been whoever's been on the left with him, you know, it's, it's been a little bit all over the shop. I mean, the, the issue is ultimately the midfield this season. Um, that's where, that's what's causing a lot of our problems, you know, um, and I think with the injury crisis, we've, Got, we might see a formation change this week. You know, don't forget Arsenal are they're on a good run at the moment. They're they're unbeaten in ten. They're only two points behind us. Um, it's a, it's another massive six pointer. You know, as they say, um, you know they can be three points in front of us, five points behind us, but it'll still be two points. Obviously, that's your three outcomes, isn't it? So it's the obvious there, Captain Obvious, but um, it's not going to be an easy game Saturday night. So. Um, you know, Arsenal, they've, they've, they've got confidence. They, Arteta's slowly, slowly turned it around. And, um, you know, this is a big, this is a big test for Arsenal, but it's also a big test for us to come back from, uh, the performance we put in, in the last game. And we've not been, you know, I think the results have been a little bit masked. You know, we've had good performances, but those good performances have been because the opposition, opposition realistically has been awful. Watford and United yeah. were awful. And yet when we played two teams that came at us in Brighton and 
uh, West Ham, we look so vulnerable. Brentford too. Brentford too. Even Man City first half, they destroyed us. The white glory. Chelsea mm. was so comfortable against us. Mm. You know, they, they, it, it's it's have, really we, good. We have flattered this season. It's a really good point Cam brings up there, uh, Guy, because I think my take after the West Ham game was that that could easily have gone in a different direction um, if a decision or two had gone our way mm-hmm. uh, and we could, or the finishing had been slightly better. It could have been a 2-1 victory for the Reds and we'd have been sort of doing raw afterwards, grimacing, saying, geez, I'm not sure we deserve the win there and you you roll on, but sometimes, and I, I'm grasping at straws here, brother, but sometimes you need a result like that to sort of, as Cam says, sort of make you see the truth of where you're actually at form-wise um, and make you see the f- failings that you actually have as a team, which is, and it seems to be what Cam highlighted there, guys, that if a team wants to get at us, they simply run at us and play balls into the box at, at, at pace. And basically, what I'm saying in a roundabout way is we do not have that defensive solidity from the midfield all the way back that we really need. And I'm hoping that Klopp has been doing serious sums on that over this fortnight. Yeah, and, and I, I hope the same. I think I think you look at the midfield, like, I think, I don't think any midfielder for us has played to the top level this season. Maybe, maybe Naby to a certain level, but it's Naby. He's injured every other week. But I don't think Fab's been at his best. Henderson's been nowhere near his best. Thiago's been injured out most of the season. Can't really judge on him. But the ones that you want starting, no one's been near their close level. But regardless of that, we've tinkered with the midfield. Whoever's playing right centre mid, and it's usually Henderson, they're playing so much more attacking that it has to be a tactic from Klopp because if Henderson or whoever's playing that position is that far out of position, I mean, you'd you'd hope the best manager in the world would be able to spot that and say stop being a twat. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it, it it's definitely tactical because you look at Hend- he's basically playing as a number ten, and mm-hmm. I can see I can see where that the idea because Henderson is doing quite well attacking wise. I think. The numbers back that up. I'm not asked to go check them myself, <laughs> but I've seen people mention yeah. that. Um, but our success has been built from defensive solidity. We we we. I say that somehow derogatory. We've bigged up the front three as the best in the world, but they are or they were. But our success came from solidity, the midfield to the defense, and then the fullbacks have a platform to do what they do. But if you don't have a defensive-minded midfielder in there, especially next to Fabinho, obviously Fabinho plus another defensive-minded midfielder, which was Ginny, we don't have a platform for this. We can't add another attacking player into it and let the midfield kind of go loose. If if you could rely on Naby's fitness, if Thiago could control the game if when he's fit, maybe it can work better. But if your midfield makeup is Curtis Jones or Oxlade-Chamberlain and Henderson next to Fabinho, you can't do this. Yeah, Jones and and you could you come full circle, guy. You ran to the um, I know it's I know it's a divisive thing, but you come full circle round to the fact that there was a decision made at the start of the season, and we looked at players that we know aren't resilient for whatever reason, and we said it'll be fine. 
like we did with the defense the previous campaign. And I think if there's a big a negative result of that type of thing for a second season in a row, I can actually, for the first time, fully understand where some people might be starting to get the right hump with the owners or with whatever. I, you can start to see it then, can't you? Because it starts to look like a willful ignoring of issues and hoping it'll come right. And that doesn't sit well with me as a fellow who wants to be supporting the biggest club in the land. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, after, what, aren't we like the fourth wealthiest club in the world? Or something? Maybe not owners' wealth, but I think worth of our club. It's like up there somewhere. And yeah. and we're a club that's basically got where we are due to analytics and the work of a world-class manager, but analytics seems to be the basis of it. Just like, I... I do bits of stats, and I know you two aren't the biggest stat, stat ors either, but analytically, does anyone just go, yeah, we've got enough midfielders, that's fine, none of them will get injured. Like that, It's illogical. Like, yeah. Whatever you think, whether it's stats, analytics, opinion, voodoo, whatever, it, it's illogical to think our midfielder would have, midfield would have stayed fit this season. And... Yeah, and and it's, isn't it? It's a total straw man when people start talking about Harvey Elliott, mm. because to be fair, like Harvey Elliott actually looked fantastic. Like he was going, he looked like he was going to be one of these Premier League child hero stories, and your we were going and to your witness Fordans and stuff like that. Yeah, you, I'm thinking even more like Michael Owen. I thought it was going to be spectacular, mm. and I was thinking this could be amazing. We get to witness this. But the fact that it didn't happen is not an excuse for what we're talking about because you couldn't be relying on a kid. And anyway, well, that's the that, thing. that kid will not be doing any of the things that we're talking about, which is blocking passing lanes mm. and being a good out ball. Well, although Harvey is a fantastic out ball, he, he retains possession brilliantly. He's actually got, I think, some of the most impressive touch and control of any of the oh, team. Absolutely. You know, but, but, but. But it, it, that issue is is still being rarely ignored. We had we had all the conversations at the start of the season around the Ginny minutes, and I just I I would take no no joy whatsoever, and I I kind of resent people who do in that com- that particular thing coming home to roost. Even though I would have been saying it, I really hope we get someone in who's a resilient um, sort of by the numbers. Uh, recycle the ball merchant who can get around the park. Let's get one of those in. Uh, a guy who can do a good defensive job. Let's get one of those in. And the fact that we didn't, and even though, you know, I take no joy in that. I don't understand people who, who, as you said earlier on, get their jollies from being right about shit like that. That's just, I, that, that'll never, yeah. I'll never get that. But you, you, you can see them. Their, their heads are sticking up from behind the parapet right now, aren't they? Yeah. And they're, they've got their, they've got their cynical grins on. Well, they, that's the thing. They, these people, well, some of them, might wanted to be right, but like, I'm sure all of us, or plenty of people on AI, were thinking we need a midfield. Like, I think we, di- I think we discussed this in the summer. Would you rather sign a midfield or a forward? And I kind of, of course flip- we did. I kind of flip flopped on it. I think at the start I wanted a midfielder for this reason, and then you look at the forward line and like. Eh, could do with one more just for numbers, but I think it's come. It came down to the fact as the season's developed, and it's still very early in the season. But we needed the midfielder, whereas the forward was a luxury because they may not be the best, but we have numbers in the forward areas. Whereas we have numbers in midfield, but it's the availability that's the worry. And 
they were never staying fit the entire season. And as I mentioned, like at the at the start of this bloody monologue, the the knock on effect was always going to happen. When one gets injured, there's going to be two. There's going to be three. There's going to be four. It was just going to always roll on to that. So I was I'm I always appre- appreciated Ginny for what he is, but I was never his biggest fan. Where you see people doing essays and stuff on on his role in the team and stuff like. I just thought he was a good, clever um, player who almost limited himself, but at the same time, you wanted more from him. Um, but you just look, someone who's positionally spot on and always available would make such a difference to our balance this season. Like That's it. Thiago was a better, Thiago's a better player than Ginny. I'd say a fully fit Naby Keita is better performing player for Liverpool. Obviously, Ginny's a greater player for Liverpool than Naby probably ever will be at this rate. But, you just the dependability is what I'll. But I think dependability is probably the word for our midfield. It was always dependable. Like and people don't like Henderson, but he's dependable. He gives you similar levels every week. Fabinho's the epitome of dependable. Ginny, well, Ginny was as well. So we've kind of gone up the opposite way and gone for chaos in the midfield, which I don't know. I'm not sure it's something we can fix in house as well, unless Thiago, Thiago or Naby literally has months uninjured which i don't see happening that's it that's the that's the thing cam isn't it it's hard to see it's hard to see any dramatic fix with the current personnel because these clusters were always going to happen given the makeup of the players involved i mean they were always going to happen i I, I refuse to believe the couple and the boys didn't sit and go yeah we're going to have injury clusters that's just going to happen um because i'm going to have to rely on i don't know about you but when i saw Jimmy Miller getting game after game after game because of mounting injuries. I was thinking, oh shit, it's coming. It's coming. And I mean, let's let's get it right here. Let's get it straight. Miller did really, really, really well. He's, he was properly solid. I mean, there's only so much Jimmy's going to be able to do for you at this age of at this stage of his career. But he was doing really solid work for us, and I'd, I'd be so happy if he was knocking around still and 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 totally fit. Um. But, you know, you, you knew when you saw him going down, it's like, oh, we're bang in trouble now. And I'm looking at the table cam and it's kind of, it's, I, I, I don't, I'm very wary about sounding like a spoiled bastard here, but it's kind of bugging me because I see us on 22 points and we should be on 25. Like, I'm not saying we should beat West Ham, but we should beat West Ham. I, I, I don't give a shit. We should beat West Ham. We should that definitely team of be ours, right? We should be right. And, yeah. and we should, yeah, yeah. So, so, but, but I'm saying that team of ours should. So we should be on a minimum of 25 points and just sitting one behind Chelsea and thinking, will they last the whole season? Will they be as good as us over the campaign? That's where we should be going into this. But now I'm thinking as I look at the uh, fixtures piling up, beginning with Arsenal, as you said, the weekend. Then we got Porto four days later. Then we got Southampton three days later. Then we got Everton uh, four days later. Then we got Wolves uh, another three days after that. Then it's AC Milan. Then it's Villa. Then it's Newcastle. Then it's Spurs. Then it's Leicester. Then it's Leeds. And then it's Leicester again. And it's like, it's holy shit. It's incredible, right? So and then you, yeah let's let's Ugh, let's let's let's, let's kick that particularly <laughs> nasty smelling can down the road for another while because that is i i don't even know where to start with that but we i, I do want to i do want to talk about the world cup before we, we get off the air as well but what i'm saying to you is 
do you see a fix? Guy brought it up there. Do you see a fix that we could possibly do? And I'm, I'm going to throw it out there as well, just so it's in the conversation. I mean, are we looking at having to do mad shit like we did last season? He didn't, he didn't hesitate to put center halves, to put midfielders at center half last season when we had center halves on the bench. And it was only when we put center halves in the center half positions at the end uh, and we got Fabinho back. Let's not underestimate that part of it. That we actually started to look good and put that run together at the end. Yeah. Is there an argument to say, well, couldn't maybe Joel Matip do a job as a as a sitting midfielder? We know he's great with the ball at his feet. Is that a thing you could do if you're under serious pressure, uh, or is that just like I've said before in other podcasts, just a bit you know to football manager, you know? armchair fan wanky talk what, what, what's your take on the fix if there is one I think you're looking at possibly um, the wrong player here I think you should be looking at um, maybe Minamino coming in more I thought you were going to say Nat Phillips fucking hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to put Trent in this field guy and I was going oh, to no, no. Well, I did say formation change that's and, true um, hey and... Nico's the new bill yeah, Nico as a right midfielder may have have an have a role to play going forwards. Uh, I think possibly, I don't know. I mean, you know, you could quite easily go four two three one and um, bring Minamino in, uh, move Ox forward, uh, go with the two at uh, the base, which would be Fab and Thiago. Thiago is obviously getting close to fitness. There, there may be a shout for going three four three, push the fullbacks up a little bit further forward into midfield. I don't know, um, because then you've got the solidity of the the three the three centre backs. You've still got the two central midfielders uh, in uh, uh, Fab and Thiago. So you've you've, you've, still, you've actually got five players uh, sitting back rather than the the four, because obviously we know like we know how our fullbacks want to play. As for putting um, Joel in, into central midfield, I honestly don't know if he could do it. I really don't because um, playing the DM role to uh, a, um, a, a CB role is obviously it, 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 it is very very different because uh, the DM not only is he obviously going to be protecting the defence, he's also pivotal to the attack. Um, we, we, we know Joel likes to go forward. We know he likes to dribble. But does he really have the passing range? Does he have the passing ability? We've seen him um, ping balls into feet at great pace. He's, he's got it in him. He has. But to do that for 90 minutes from a DM role is different from doing it for 90 minutes from a C-back role. And I think that's what you've got to look at. Has he got the capability of doing it for the whole game? Because I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. It, because if he if he ha- he can't do it, he's then just a passenger in in the midfield. And again, we're just we're just inviting pressure on ourselves. And but you can see kind of the desperation I, I the, in me to do it. Because the the people we can bring into the fold, the people you're suggesting, are more attack oriented. You know, uh, and and our problem. Our problem is the lack of a shield for our for our for our back four, and we hence need to fix that. Say, hence why I say uh, a formation change. Yeah. To, you know, I think we need to go. We need to go with a solid two to do, 
to be the defensive shield for the defence. Because... I, I think we just have to tell Henderson to stop playing so attacking. And well, I, Hen- I'm, I'm not Henderson blaming Henderson. I don't think Henderson will play this No, I, d- I don't think he, I just mean long term. Yeah. I think yeah, long term no. to fix them. To fix the midfield, the balance of the midfield, you just tell Henderson to go back to playing boring. Yeah. You let, you let Trent go forward works. and you stand there. That's basically what he should be doing. Yeah. yeah. That's what's worked for us over, exactly. over the last four, four seasons. We've, we've had a boring, functional midfield that does a job. Exactly. Let the, attack, the attackers are good enough. As long as you give the, the attackers the ball in the right place, in the right time, in the right area, as such, they will do the damage. The fullbacks will will assist to create that damage. It it's like you say, it's chaos. But I don't think adding Joel into chaos is going to help settle it right now. But saying that, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it as well, <laughs> just for just for pure badness. It might actually be the ultimate chaos. Uh, and you know you're going to get a world class tantrum or two as well. So I mean, I that's, kind of want to see they, Kanata box to box as well. Oh man, I love it. You know, lads, I, w- I said at the start that we try and keep this to a tight hour and I really want to talk about the World Cup and the absolute clusterfuck that that is going to be. And I really want to talk about Stevie Gerrard and how everyone's feeling about that. Not because I want to focus on Aston Villa at all, but because this is a lad who we can't really ignore and here he is back in the Premier League again. But I don't think we really have the time to do that. So I'm going to suggest to you that we might throw in another one of these fairly quick smart, if we're all feeling it, um, over the next few days and maybe go at one or two of those topics. What do you reckon? I'd be game. We can keep it, keep it neutral and release it over the weekend. Once again. Yeah. Yeah. What do you you reckon, Cam? That could be a possibility. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's aim at that. We'll, we'll keep the chats going. Maybe we can get Lisa Marie back in the fall for that one as well. But we should start wrapping this up because I'm looking at the clock and we're coming around to the hour there and we should start wrapping it up. So I'm going to get your final thoughts on a few things or whatever it is you want to finish off with. I'll do mine first this week. So what I want to do is um, a little bit of a shout out to my pal uh, Pooley, who's, of course, uh, late of this parish. Um, and poor old Neil is 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 not feeling the May West. He's... Uh, Got the dose that's going around the world at the moment and he's, he's, he's struggling a bit with it, but he was very kind and offered me, uh, the opportunity to go on his death lap pod, uh, recently. And uh, listen, I've said it before in this show and I'm going to say it again. It's an absolute joy of a podcast. And I think the interesting thing about it for me was you don't need to necessarily have any shares in fandom or even a like of the music to hear the enthusiasm coming off it. And I got a chance to go on as a sort of a, a Def Leppard agnostic who, you know, had one of their albums because it was given to me as a gift in my youth and see what I could make of it. He gave me 10 songs to listen to. And that's episode 17 of Def Leppard at the moment. You can get that wherever podcasts are served. And it's actually called Trev Leppard, the, the episode, which makes me, which fills me full of joy. Uh, and Neil's a great lad and he's feeling feeling better, I think, or starting to feel a little bit better. I hope he will be completely better soon and back on the mend and up and running with great stories as well, but also with his own show. So if you haven't, do have a look out for that. And you can find him on all the socials as well. I know he has a, a 
Twitter account for the show at Def Let Pod. Do check that out. That would be my recommendation to everybody. And in terms of something to watch, um, what I would say to you is be careful. You don't go down the same um, endless, endless rabbit hole that I've been down for the last while. Because as things have been a bit crappy, I've been looking for a bit of escapism. And I had been watching Narcos, so I started watching Narcos, then I watched Narcos Mexico. And then there was a third season of Narco, Narcos Mexico, or, yeah, which Good came thing. out. So I, 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 I still enjoyed it, and I liked the ending. Oh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you know, it. it. You know, whatever. And then, of course, Idiot Boy decides to watch El Chapo, which is a three-season thing. Um, and it's again quite engaging. You've seen all the stories before, the tunnel and all the rest of it, but it's just kind of never ending. And I found myself stuck in that. And you know what? It is distracting. So if that's your bag, I'd say go for it. But also, if you'd like to do something constructive with your life, don't go for it because you'll find yourself wanting to watch the next one. Um, what have you got to finish uh, us with uh, today, Cam? From doubters to believers. That's it. Uh, Was that you again, Clough? Well, you are the quiz champion guy for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) The bitterness. Oh, the bitterness. Uh, Okay, come on, dude. You can't can't just throw in one of the most well-known quotes in the world and uh, for Liverpool fans and and not give us why you're putting that in. What's the context? What What are you getting out there? I think, you know, as much as we're, you know, and we're worried, and rightly so. We, we've, we've got every right to be worried. We, we've still got to have belief in a manager who has won us four trophies, who's got us playing some of the most wonderful football we've ever seen uh, this club play. You know, it's up there with the 87-88, you know, some of the football we've, we've been playing over the last couple of seasons. It's, in, in fact, it's probably better. You know, the points total says that, the results say that, the, you know, the, the play says that. And you just, he, he's not sat there just thinking, oh, well, it'll be fine. My players are good enough. He knows, he sees, he, he will put things right. You know, I've got full belief and, and, and faith in, in Jurgen Klopp to, to write this little wobble we're having. And, um, and it, then that's all it is. It's a little wobble. I mean, we, we, we possibly, you know, we've got the best player in the world playing for us. We've got the best centre back in the world. We've got the best goalkeeper in the world. You know, they're going to have bad games. They're going to have poor games. It happens. Shit happens. But, you know, we, the, the basics, the basis is there for us to go on, go forward and have a mad one. You know, we're, we're through to the next round of Champions League. You know, um, I know the prize money is important in that, but that's a ch- an opportunity to get players back up to match fitness, give players a break where those that do need a break because we've got such a heavy schedule coming up. And to qualify for Champions League with, you know, with, with the, with the games to spare, that's huge for us. It's outrageous. We've never done anything like it before. No. And, um, and don't get me wrong, we, we got lucky in some of those games. But we came through it, and you know, you look back in ten years' time, and you you look at the look at the fix, the results, and you don't say, "Oh yeah, we were lucky in that game." You just look at the results, and that's what counts: the results. We're only three points off top, you know. Chelsea, Chelsea, you know, will, will not carry on in this thing. 
it, it's just unsustainable, I think, you know, could be famous last words, obviously. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but logic says, you know, they, they're gonna, you know, I mean, they drew. Yeah, they the drew with Burnley, didn't they? Yeah, oh, Burnley, sorry. Who would have said they would have gone against Burnley? Who would have said Burnley would have even gone there and tried to score a goal? Daishi said it. Daishi said it. Yeah, well, it was the worms. <laughs> I, I fully, I'm fully behind this, uh, this, the, the, the train of this thought. And, you know, again, lest it come across that just because we're looking at a couple of things that are giving us the, 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 uh, heebie jeebies, we are all of a sudden gone negative. I mean, the general bent of this show is that we can win the lot. And we are still in with a chance of winning the lot. And I'm going to back us to win the lot. We are four points off Candle, so that is a big, big difference to three points, I'm, I'm afraid. Um, but you're right. Sorry. You're right. It's it's very, very, very attainable. Um, and all it needs is for a, a run of fixtures, which we know this lot more than capable of. And we're all back in the happy place again. So hopefully that will happen. Was that the sign-off for you, or was there one specific thing you wanted to finish on? No, that was it. I like it. I like it. And Guy, what about yourself, man? I have a few things. So I'll make you. I'll make everyone feel old in a minute, right? Oh. Uh, for Netflix, okay. uh, for show recommendation, uh, it's a bit. It's a month or so old now, but Brassic season three. Super. It's fantastic Brilliant. that show. Amazing. Uh, yeah. I'd, if you if you want a comedy, that that's up there. That's on the next level. Yeah. It, is it, that a, is that a Sky show? I yeah. yeah. It's okay. Brilliant. Okay. It's fantastic. You recommend it. Yeah, okay, just, just binge all three of them if you've not seen them. It's fantastic. Nice, okay. Right, who wants to feel old? I already feel old, so go on, lay it on. A month, in a month, it's the 20th anniversary of the first Lord of the Rings film. Really? Oof. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, guys. There you go. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? It hasn't really done a number on me. That feels like it was ages ago, so I'm just going to lean into that. It does because I'm not sure how. I'm I'm a nerd gamer, but it was the 20th anniversary of Xbox the other week, and I was like, oh, that doesn't feel too bad. But I remember watching Fellowship of the Ring as like a kid. So I was six or seven, depending when it actually came out. Six, I think, uh, when it actually came out. And now, now I'm old. <laughs> Don't like you. You saw it was twenty years ago. It's two thousand one, I think. Unless Twitter yeah. was lying to me. Yeah, no, that sounds right. I, I saw, I saw that same thing. And uh, what's, what's oh, thoroughly right. depressed? What's thoroughly depressing about that is you just said you were six or seven. Yeah, <laughs> <I> <laughs> that might, that might be worse for you. <laughs> I can't believe I'm actually my thirties when I watched that. That hurts oh even more. There you go. I think I'd get you yeah. eventually. That, yeah. <laughs> Good job, guy. There Good job, go. lad. I was... Officially, you are a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon fucking Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, lads. Let's wrap it up with that. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. Thanks very much for your company, um, Guy and Cam. That was a very enjoyable show. Nice to get back in the saddle and do it again. We may well, like we say, not, uh, throw another one out there on those various topics we spoke about. One way or the other, we'll be back with you very soon. As you know, um, whatever collection of individuals from the usual suspects, and we will continue to introduce new voices to you as we go forward. That's just proven a little bit more t- difficult with scheduling than I thought, but it is on the way, fear not. I have been Trev Denny. You heard Cam Branch. You heard Guy Drinkle. This was the Anfield Index podcast. We'll be back with you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel 
so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. But there's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.